Are we ready to rock? Alright. A one, a two, are you know what to do? There was once when we did Saturday Night Live and Christopher Walken was the host. Amazing. And he comes up and he's like, he said, he asked us if the accent was on Foo or Fighters. And we know who he is. Like, of course, we know how he speaks. And we said, uh, the accent is on fighters actually so he, he goes how up did he ask you how did he ask you i'm not gonna say that <laughs> I did it. because oh, he goes no because he goes up he's like ladies and gentlemen foo fighters because <laughs> <laughs> i knew that's what happened i was like don't say most people say foo fighters but the way christopher walken says it uh-huh. foo fighters yeah, that's, that's great it. i've never heard you do that voice before mm. oh he was good see now i want you to tell me the story of how he asked you <laughs> no, he just came up and he's like, he just asked. He so, said, so the <laughs> accent is it on foo or fighters? <laughs> and I said, I think it's on fighters. And that's what I thought. You know. uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hello there. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the. Broadcast. I am producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Don Show. This is our very special, very special Valentine's Day episode of the Rad Broadcast, and it's a little bit of a, um, a little bit more of a somber one. I'm not going to say that uh, you know it's all going to be Cupid's arrows and red hearts and chocolates and roses because let's face it, I've been going through uh, some personal stuff that I think is a little, a little relatable to a lot of people that are dealing with separation. And it just seems that the pandemic and the last, events of the last year have really siphoned out a lot of the, um, the, the the emotional baggage. I think we've all been placed in this position as uh, as as society members that we have been placed in our homes. We've been we've been put in positions where we have to actually look inward and face ourselves in the mirror a little bit more than we would like. I think because we don't have those distractions, those easily accessible things like going out to bars or to events or hanging out with friends or just, you know, social events that would actually take our minds off of things, you know, like going to bars or, you know, th- there's certain situations that we can't engage in. And it's even harder, it seems, to get help and get advice from places. I mean, even going to get a, a therapist or, uh, you know, reaching out to family and friends or trying to go, it's, it's just, it. there's something about humans that makes us feel like we have to be closer together in order for things to really resonate. Because when you're trying to get messages across over texts or over messages or, you know, just FaceTime and Zoom, it's not as personable as it as it could be. But it's what we got to work with. And, you know, I, I, I've been very candid about the my personal uh, situation that I've I've been going through, you know, living on my own now and and navigating this new normal for me has been a challenge and it's been a lot of ups and downs. I've had good days. I've had bad days and the bad days are not really, they're really bad days. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And there are certain situations that I've put myself in where I've met new people. I have uh, introduced people into my life and there are certain cycles that I still continue to engage in as a, as a person that I need to start breaking it because right off the bat, sometimes, you know, things just come to the surface. Like you're not being as truthful to yourself. Therefore you're not being as truthful to the people around you. And it just seems to cause a 
wake of confusion and uh, hurt and emotional reactions and responses when most of the time there are things that don't necessarily happen in, in, in relationships between friends, family, uh, spouses, significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, hookups, booty calls, whatever you want to call it. They, they're, you're still interacting with another human being and your actions will speak louder than words. I've heard this said to my, to me by other people, um, a lot recently. And it's not necessarily like, like towards me. And there are, there have been instances where, yeah, they, they've been towards me because let's face it, I'm human. I make bad decisions or I, um, I just don't necessarily have the, the knowledge or the equipment to push through those barriers that I put up for myself, these traumatic responses that I have to, uh, you know, letting people in. So, it, it, it's just a work in progress. All of this stuff really is. And, you know, I, I had a huge response to my last week's episode with, uh, with Jamie in regards to this and, you know, all these changes and stuff, Jamie from ink off me, of course, uh, you can find out more information about ink off me at ink Uh, she's got two packages of, uh, giveaways in the pandemic bailout on, uh, the rad show. So, if you've been keeping up with what we've been talking about on the show, there's been some razzing and some joking about Jamie and I getting along super well. And yes, that is true, but we're also friends and you know, it's not like when there's a man and a woman that, that can get along, it doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be anything there as far as romance or lust where all that stuff does take place naturally in, in the human condition. I'm just happy to say that Jamie's just a really, really good friend of mine and, and, and we can fall back on each other when we're not feeling great. And I reach out to her when I'm down and she just happens to know just the right things to say to pick me up. And it's just a comment. It's just a message. And it's just something that's like a comfort that I think we can all use somebody like that in our lives to fall back on just in case we lose our way. And I wanted to read this email that we got from John um, over the last couple of days in response to that broadcast. John says, hey, Brando, just wanted to say thank you for your latest broadcast with Jamie. The Rad Show read my email about my cheating ex-wife a few months back. It feels like it's been a popular topic as of late. Uh, this woman I gave 14 years of my life to broke me down completely. She destroyed my confidence, my self-image, and my pride. She claimed she had been unhappy for 12 of those 14 years and was just going along with life because she believed it was what her peers were expecting of her. My oldest kid is only six. Yeah, I don't understand why she would believe, would want to have a kid if she was so unhappy. She kept going on and on about how she knew I wasn't the one for her, and she found other men more attractive. Everything I'd worked for with her started to feel like I did it for no reason. I completely lost myself. To top it off, when I moved into my new place, my dog was diagnosed with a rare blood disease and, and died in my new house in my arms after spending $1,100 at the vet's office. They stated he was good to go home. I almost gave up on life. While I was driving home from the vet's office, I started thinking about going into an oncoming traffic on the highway and seeing what the worst that can happen. I'm already hurting inside. Just about when I was ready to start steering off of my old, my old, steering off the road, my oldest daughter called me. And all she said was, I love you, daddy. I love you. Just out of the blue. She saves me. I decided to just drive back home and stay in my house and think about everything and everyone I have that do love me. That would be there for me, even if I needed them. Your podcast made me feel like I'm not alone. And at times, it's hard to think like that. I'm lucky to have a group of family and friends that will be there. You are completely right. 
when you said you have to find yourself again, you have to be happy with yourself and who you are. And at the end of it all, I knew I gave my best and this woman didn't deserve me. I'm not fully recovered after a year of being divorced, but you made me feel there's no timeline on how long it should take me to feel 100% as long as I'm working on it. Thanks again, Brandon. From a fellow 1986 baby, John. Thank you very much, John. That is a um, very... It's a, it's a, unfortunately, given the circumstances, it's still a very good reminder to all of us that we can skate that line of emotional sanity and how quickly things can turn just when you have that quick little reminder, that quick little voice, that quick little call from your daughter saying, I love you. A message from Jamie on, you know, on messenger, just saying, Hey, just want you to know that everything's going to be okay. Or, you know, in any, in any shape or form, you know, I, I can lose myself and get lost in my emotions. And then I have my dog Walter at my side and he'll come up to me and hug me in a way that he does as a dog. He pushes his head into my legs or into my chest or, you know, he just pushes himself on me. Like he wants to hug me and he just can tell when I need it. And there have been instances where I've had a bad day. Like it doesn't really matter when this was recorded. This is the week before February uh, Valentine's day. And uh, just the day before this recording, I was just having a bad day. It wasn't just, it was just, it was a Monday. What is it was just any Monday. I had just come off of a weekend after the Super Bowl Sunday. And, and before that, uh, that Sunday, I'd spent a couple of days before that in Reno hanging out with some family friends. And I just completely drained myself of my emotions and my energy physically um, and mentally. And I, I, t- I had to spend a lot of time yesterday really reevaluating where I wanted to go to move forward because I, I recognized some behavior that just, I, I think that it damaged more relationships than it did make more positive. And it's something that I'm holding a lot of regret for right now. And it's something that I'm working through. As long as you keep working on it though, I think that we're, that it's, that's the only way we can get past this, man. We can't just give up. If you give up, you're going to let down the people more than you would if you just tell them, hey, I'm not in a good place right now and I need you to just understand that and, and hope that, I, I, that, that we can work together at least to move past the confusion, the emotions, and get to a better place. With that, I wanted to uh, read this uh, poem that I'd gotten from a friend on Instagram. I, I've been trying to post a lot of positivity and... Uh, try to try to just keep keep things light on social media on instagram my my handle is at not strangled bacon it's an anagram of my full name that's why it's so weird i just wanted to be different so um if you want to follow me on there if you haven't already a lot of my posts are a lot of my dog and a lot of spiritual memes a lot of funny stuff i just try to keep it light and um a lot of people have been reaching out and sending just wishful thinking, wishful, uh, very positive words, very positive affirmations. It's almost like I'm flooded with, with positivity every day. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. And I wanted to share this poem from Mary Oliver. That's not the person that I got it from on Instagram because Mary Oliver has, has since passed away in 2019. But, um, this is from a friend that I got on Instagram, uh, a poem from Mary Oliver called the journey. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble, and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. 
though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough in a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own. That kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. You got me jumping like a crazy clown. Little house cleaning here before we get to the uh, the real fun stuff. Uh, I actually go, uh, I have a rad podcast group up on Facebook. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that it's up there. It's a private group that uh, is more of a safe place. It's a very open area for a lot of people to express a lot of different ideas. And everybody that I talk to seems to say the same thing. Wow, it just seems like a really good place to, where people kind of get along, which is a rare thing to find in uh, the social media sphere. So I'm very proud of that, but it's also um, very well managed between the community. I'm not really in there micromanaging everybody, which is nice. So thank you everyone for looking out for each other and, and keeping it a safe place. But I went up there just for fun and I thought it would be cool to do this thing where you ruin a movie by replacing one word in the title with foreskin. So for example, you've got foreskin, you've got mail, and one of my examples was Revenge of the Foreskin, you know, like Revenge of the Nerds. So my plan here is to do a supercut of all of the great suggestions that I've gotten from the prodheads from the Rad Podcast group. A few good foreskins, Edward Foreskin Hands, James and the Giant Foreskin, Dirty Foreskin, Saving Private Foreskin, Avengers, Age of Foreskin, Avengers, Foreskin Games, Infinity Foreskin, Foreskin Man, Monty Python and the Holy Foreskin, Foreskin Man and the Wasp, Finding Foreskin, Beauty and the Foreskin, Fried Green Foreskin, The Brave Little Foreskin, Back to the Foreskin, Great Scott, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Foreskin, Foreskin Gump, Lord of the Foreskin, Dirty Foreskin, The Sound of Foreskin, What About Foreskin, Good Foreskin Hunting, Dude, Where's My Foreskin, Fatal Foreskin, Lethal Foreskin, The Last of the Foreskins, Foreskin Becomes Her, Revenge of the Foreskin, The Devil Wears Foreskin, Foreskin Fellas, 10 Things I Hate About Foreskin, Foreskin Fiction, My Big Fat Greek Foreskin, The Foreskin King, Children of the Foreskin, How to Lose a Foreskin in 10 Days, 50 Shades of Foreskin, Diary of a Mad Black Foreskin, The Lion, the Witch, and the Foreskin, Attack of the Killer Foreskin, The Step Foreskins, I Am Foreskin, Three Men and a Foreskin, All Dogs Go to Foreskin, Nacho Foreskin, Young Foreskin, The Longest Foreskin, The Good, The Bad, and The Foreskin, One Flew Over the Foreskin's Nest, Full Metal Foreskin, The Crying Foreskin, Foreskins on a Plane, Tales of the Foreskin, Harry Potter and the Foreskin of Fire, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Foreskin, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Foreskin, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Foreskin, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Foreskin, Foreskin Redemption, Foreskin Hard, The Sound of Foreskin. It's a wonderful foreskin. 51st foreskins. Double foreskin. The Blair Witch foreskin. The foreskin of the lambs. 
Foreskin in the Hood, Butch Cassidy and the Foreskin Kid, Tommy Foreskin, Foreskin Club, Fun with Dick and Foreskin, Grumpy Old Foreskin, The Green Foreskin, Foreskin, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, Terms of Foreskin, Coming to Foreskin, Foreskin Busters, Blazing Foreskin, The Incredible Foreskin. Disney Plus presents one of the most classic tales of all time, Snow White and the Seven Foreskins. Kill Foreskin, Volume 1 and Volume 2, The Boondock Foreskins, Teenage Mutant Ninja Foreskins, A Foreskin Was Born, Foreskin Harbor, House of a Thousand Foreskins, How the Grinch Stole Foreskin, Sleepless in Foreskin, Foreskin Actually, Pineapple Foreskin, and my personal favorite, Willy Wonka and the Foreskin Factory, Remember the Foreskins, and finally, Schindler's Foreskin, The Director's Cut. When I was seven years old, my dad said something to me that to this day is the reason I will die alone. Very happily, I may add. But I was seven years old. I didn't know what life was. I was like, I didn't know what existence was. How the fuck would I know? Uh, so I thought I'd ask my dad because he can fix a computer, so he must know. <laughs> so I was like, Dad, what are we all doing? What's the meaning of life? Why are we all here? What, what, the, what the fuck? And my dad loves his kids, so he wants to explain to his son in a way that he'll understand. But unfortunately, his son's a fuckhead. So he has to explain it in a way that a fuckhead will understand. And he accidentally did it perfectly. And it's stuck with me since then. This is what he said, right? I'm seven years old. He goes, all right, buddy. Just imagine that your life, my life, everyone else's individual life. Imagine all of our lives are like our own individual jigsaw puzzles. And as we're going through life, we're just slowly piecing it together bit by bit based on experiences and lessons that we've learned until we get the best picture. But the thing is, everyone has also lost the box for their jigsaw. So none of us know what the image we're trying to make is. We're just confidently fucking guessing. <laughs> so the best way to do a jigsaw when you don't have the image to work off is to start from the outside, the sides and the four corners. Family, friends. Hobbies slash interests, job. Now, obviously, as you go through life, some of these bits are subject to change. Sometimes you'll make new friends and you lose contact with old. You've got to move this corner around a bit. Sometimes you'll get a job that means you can't have certain hobbies. You've got to decide then, do I want more me time or do I want more work time? You've got to move this stuff around. Sometimes you'll have a family member that dies and they'll leave a big hole in your life. And in that moment, you'll have to find a way to fill that void. Otherwise, you'll be incomplete forever. Now, that made perfect sense to me because I was seven years old. I fucking love jigsaws. <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay. So once you've got the stuff on the outside, what's, what's the main bit of the image? What are we all working towards? And he goes, well, that's, that's the partner piece. You want this perfect person who you've never met before to come out of nowhere, fit your life perfectly, complete you, and make you whole for the first time in your life, much like your mother did for me. Seven. Seven years old. I wish he just said ice cream and we could have fucked off. <laughs> and even though what he said sounds sweet and whatever, what it manifested in my seven-year-old brain was this. If you are not with someone, you are broken. If you are not with someone, you are incomplete. If you are not with someone, you are not whole. And that's not just something my dad made me feel. That's something that we as a society have made every single child born in the last 40 years feel. Every Disney princess has a prince. Every prince has a princess. Every television show and movie always has a character in it, right, that doesn't want to be in a relationship, right? They're happy with who they are, but then by the end of the series, guess what? They were wrong! They were wrong for wanting to be alone. What a fucking idiot. Everyone needs someone. Yeah, they were just a toasty little marshmallow, weren't they? 
It's all to do with love. Divorce, an entirely common thing that there is nothing wrong with. When you're growing up and your friend's parents get divorced, you're told to not talk about it or mention it to them because it's taboo. And the reason it is taboo is because every relationship on the outside is perfect because none of us are willing to admit that none of us know what the fuck we're doing. And when you raise children in that world where everything points towards love and everything is perfect on the outside, when you raise them for 18 fucking years, when we become an adult for the first time in our late teens and our early 20s, we're so terrified, we're so trying to be an adult that some of us will take the wrong person, the wrong jigsaw piece and just fucking jam them into our jigsaws anyway, <laughs> denying that they clearly don't think, oh, we'll move pieces out of the way. I don't need this hobby. I don't need this opinion. Mum who? The bitch with the tits. What's she done for me recently? And we'll force this fucking person into our lives because we'd much rather have something than nothing. Then five years later, you're stood looking at a jigsaw you don't recognize, being like, ah, there's a fucking cunt in the middle of this. <laughs> Maybe you do meet the perfect person. Maybe you meet them, you go out, they make you laugh, you make them laugh, they've got a stupid laugh, but you fucking love it. <laughs> they like what you like, they like your idiosyncrasies, and it's great, it's perfect, oh my God, they've completed you for three months. Every relationship is perfect for three months. And here's why. Because after three months, that's when you realize that nobody else is a jigsaw piece. Everyone else on this planet is, is as deep and as complex an individual as you are, which means they too have spent the last 20 or so years of their life working on their own jigsaw puzzle in the same way that you've been working on yours. You can't suddenly expect them to give up everything they've come to achieve to suddenly fit into yours in the same way that you'd be pissed off if they asked you to sacrifice everything you've done to suddenly come fit into theirs. But now, because you like each other and because you're interested in each other, now you have to make a jigsaw together. And we all know how fucking annoying that is. <laughs> but you do it because you're in love and you're interested. And maybe for the first couple of years, it's great. It's like, oh my God, you love this bit of me. I love this bit of you. Oh my God, we got the same thing, but time does not equal success. You can spend five or more years with someone and only then, after all the fun you had, be looking at the jigsaw and realize you're both working towards very different images. Only then realize that you want different things. And in that moment, you have a very, very difficult question to ask yourself. One, do I admit the last five years of my life have been a waste? Two, do I waste the rest of my life? 55% of marriages end in divorce. 90, 90% of relationships that are started before they are 30 end. If those were the stats for surgery, none of us would fucking risk it. <laughs> but because it's love and we're stupid, we just lie on the operating table like, maybe this time I won't die inside. <laughs> My generation has become so obsessed with starting the rest of their lives that they're willing to give up the one they are currently living. We have romanticized the idea of romance and it is cancerous. People are more in love with the idea of love than the person they are with. I am very aware that this is not a particularly funny bit of the show. Every time I've done this routine, my agent's just like, can you drop the fucking sad bit? <laughs> and my answer is no, for three reasons. One, my show, fuck you. <laughs> Two, I think it's one of the very few smart routines I've done. Three, I know I'm right. 
I've had this analogy in my head since I was seven years old, but it's always spoken to me because I'm a perpetually single person. So before I did it on stage, I wanted to talk to my friends, the ones who are always in relationships, to see if it resonated with them in the same way that it resonated with me. So I was like, I've got this analogy. I learned it when I was young. It might just sound stupid, but does this make sense to you in the same way it does to me? Within five months, four of them had broken up with their partners. <laughs> yeah. I am not saying it's impossible to find love. All I'm saying is that statistically, you have not. <laughs> All I'm saying is if you're finding it hard to laugh at this routine, it's because deep down, you don't love the person you're with. So either start laughing or enjoy the awkward car ride home. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, I believe that 80% of relationships in the world, and therefore this room, are horseshit. <laughs> A bunch of people who never took time to learn how to be alone therefore never learned how to love themselves, so you employed someone else to do it. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> if you want proof of how bullshit most relationships are, look how people desperately seek advice. What's the secret to a happy relationship? What's the secret to a long and successful relationship? Here it is, gather up, come on. <laughs> Fucking nothing. It should be as easy as breathing. You should be nothing without them and everything with them. If it gets difficult at any point, get out, because there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. You'll find a new one. <laughs> it just compromises the single dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life, because I've done it. I've done it so many times. Every time I'm in a relationship, of course I do it. Everyone in my family, extended family tree, met, married, had kids by the time they were 25. Zero divorces anywhere in my family tree. I'm 26, I've fucked more people than my entire family combined. <laughs> That's not good. I'm not proud of that. <laughs> so whenever I'm in a relationship, I'm so desperate to emulate my elders to have this successful relationship that I'll do what they say and I'll compromise. And then I change who I am and then for some reason I hate myself. And why do I hate myself? Because I'm not me. I'm whoever this fucking person manufactured, I'm done with it. Now I'm of the opinion, if you do not love 100% of who I am, off you fucking fuck. <laughs> right? And that's, thank you, that's, that's not arrogance, that's not narcissism, that's the way every single person in this room should feel about themselves, because if you do not love 100% of who I am, you do not love me. You love an idea of me which you have falsely fabricated in your head, and it is not my fault if I do not live up to those expectations. You have to love the good with the shit, mainly because I'm 90% shit. <laughs> but you have to love 100% of me because that's what makes me, me. If you don't love 100% of who I am, there's 7.5 billion people on this planet. Go out and find one of them, see if you love 100% of them, and see if they can tolerate your fucking mum. Because <laughs> I'll love 100% of you. I will. Even the bits that annoy me, that's us to love them because it's... That's what makes you, you. That's who you are to me. And you have to love my weird little bits too. For example, like if we're going out and you don't love the fact that once a month I shave my asshole because I find it easier to wipe, then... 
then you don't love me. I feel I've lost some of you. <laughs> I'm gonna assume the people I lost there, I'm gonna assume that you're the monsters that do not wax or shave your assholes. If you do not wax or shave your asshole, sort your fucking life out immediately. And allow me to clarify, I don't care where you have body hair. I really don't have as much, have as little as you like. It's your body, but be a decent human being, would you? <laughs> It's disgusting not to, and I can use your own logic against you. If you were to get poo, human poo, in the hair on your head, don't know how you did it, but you did, you legend. <laughs> Would your one and only reaction be to get a bit of toilet paper, fold it over and go, that's clean forever. I don't need to wash this. I don't need to cut this out. I don't need to burn this away with a fucking lighter. Nah, the magical toilet paper got rid of all this stuff. Nah, you wouldn't. How's your ass hanging different? Shave your fucking assholes. Just do it. <laughs> that was one of them farting. Now that last clip is from Daniel Sloss. He is a uh, British comedian who I have just stumbled upon his uh, work just recently. And it just seems appropriate since I've been kind of going through similar situations. And I think a lot of people can relate. But this is back from like 2018, 2017. And you can find these uh, his comedy special on Netflix. Again, his name is Daniel Sloss, S-L-O-S-S. -S. You know, you got to take some of the things that he said with a grain of salt, especially the, the whole butthole shaving part at the end, but I kind of agree with him on that. Um, but this whole jigsaw idea really makes you uh, look at your situation and how you compartmentalize certain parts of your life and how important it is for those things to be complemented by the other person. Now, Daniel Sloss is in a serial uh, single person, which which I, I actually, I can respect that because it's hard it's been hard for me. I've always been a, uh, always been been in relationships, and uh, I just moved out of my last house, out of my last relationship, and and I've been in my own place for about a month now, and it's the first time I've ever lived alone in the last like 14, 15 years. I've always had living girlfriends or roommates or you know married, and and now I'm single again, and it's just weird. So it's there's a whole adjustment period to being single just being on your own and getting these new routines which can be a little scary but you know when it comes to what daniel sauce is saying is that you have to be that independent and you have to you have to really trust and know yourself in order to move forward and and be a, a better person for a partner because ultimately there isn't that perfect fit for you out there unless somebody is willing to work with you on making those pieces fit that's exact that's just kind of what i have um, gathered from his special, but he actually, he does make you think about some things, you know, like, do I admit the last few years of my life have been a waste or do I want to waste the rest of my life? Those are really poignant questions that, you know, might sound harsh wasting my life. Have I been wasting it? If you, if you think about your, the weight, the amount of energy you expel into a relationship or a partnership or a friendship, you want to make sure that you're, you're meeting the other party at the same place. And if you're not, you, you should express that. And I, I have a hard time doing that. Sometimes I have a hard time saying, this is what I want, or this is how I am. And sometimes it's easier just to say, this is the, the, the it's sometimes it's easier to say what you want them to hear. And I'm not, 
I'm not proud of doing that, but I think maybe somebody can uh, can 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 agree with how that how you could be in that situation where you don't necessarily want to hurt people's feelings. Being empathic, which you know that that holds a lot of weight to say hey, I'm just an empath and I can feel feelings. Well, you also make other people feel feelings too, or at least the actions that you put out into the universe have a reaction based on how you are acting. And I think that if somebody is hurt by what you do, you need to understand, Hey, I can't just say what they want to hear in order to make things better. Rather acknowledge the pain and admit to your role in, in, in causing or at least contributing to that pain and doing what you can to help work through that pain and what to do to be a better person in that partnership. So with all the jokes and all the jesting aside, I think that there's some really interesting ideas that Daniel Sloss presents. Now, since he released that special about 2018, he has a breakup tally. Because so many people have watched his his shows and have reached out to him and said, yeah, you know what? I was living in that 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 bad place and I felt like I was wasting my time and I needed to really reevaluate my life. And I, I tried to look up on Daniel Sloss's Twitter because that's where he had his breakup account. But after this special, he had already reported on 7,400 plus breakups, 34 canceled engagements and 42 divorces just after his special was released back in 2018. The story that I got it from was just months after that. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing. I mean, if there are a lot of ideas that people aren't privy to digesting or wanting to uh, hear, or they only hear it through their prism because I I just don't want to hear that right now. I just want to live in my comfortable little bubble where all my dreams go to die because I'm just comfortable. Life isn't supposed to be comfortable. We're supposed to be uncomfortable and we're supposed to learn from this discomfort so that we can be better people. So that when we get to these uncomfortable moments, we can get through it with uh, more grace and um, with a little bit more of a talent, a skill, like all these types of upgrades that we go through throughout life when it comes to relationships and breaking up, I feel like, is more of an attestment, a testament to how we work through things and how we grow. Because if you keep making the same mistakes and you keep going through these cycles and you're just going to keep getting the same reaction and that's just psychotic. That is literally the definition of psychosis, of being crazy, doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to not go crazy and uh, I think it's working. <laughs> I think it's working. <laughs> got this uh, nice note from Katie on our Rad Podcast group. Uh, she is touting about the happiest hour, which, by the way, I, I had got received a very nice care package from Tiffany and Josh from Damon Industries who bottle the happiest hour. The companion shots uh, that we are touting and, and just raving about, I use them every day. The wake shot is the morning shot that I take that is uh, good with smoking weed with, but it's also great on its own as just like an energy shot to get that clear-headed focus for the remainder of the day. And um, there's also the intensify shot, which is literally a companion shot for when you're partaking. It's like throwing a, a gasoline on the campfire. So, you, you know, you're just you're smoking a bowl, you're smoking a joint, and you just have that regular old campfire that you normally get, get that really good buzz going, shoot some intensify, 
it's like throwing gasoline on that campfire and you're just get you get way more it's not it's not like you get so blitzed and so fucked up that you can't think straight it's actually a clear-headed more intense and uh, uh, uh high but at the same time you don't have to use as much of the flour or the vape or whatever you use to consume even edibles it just amplifies the effects with the terpenes inside the shots so katie uh, tells this funny story about how uh, she was driving around and taking a shot. So here it is. Okay, so this lady looked at me weird because I downed a wake shot at a stoplight on the way to work just now. No, horrified is more like it. Like she thought I was downing a mini alcohol bottle while driving. I frantically started miming that I had hoped what looked like, no, not alcohol, it's a wake shot, and pointing to the empty happiest hour bottle. Since she was still staring, I rolled down my window. Honestly, I don't know what I was thinking at this point. But then she put her put on her mask. Her window wasn't even down and zoomed away. Bottom line, I'd rather look like a crazy person than an alcoholic. Well, thank you, Katie. I, I'm glad that you didn't look like a, an alcoholic and more like a crazy person. And at least you weren't just smoking a joint there, too, while you're taking that shot. Because who knows? She might have called the cops on you. podcast i'm going to do something a little bit uh special I, I wasn't necessarily planning on doing this but it just came upon it just it the inspiration came up came upon me just over the last weekend uh just talking with some friends about a funny story that dave Grohl told about christopher walken uh introducing the foo fighters on saturday night live it was part of the intro to this this episode and there's a song that just always has been uh very relevant to me in times of of uh, sorrow, breakup, um, and, and it, it's just, it's a song that I think speaks more volumes than anything that I can say in words, um, so I'm going to perform a cover of Times Like These by the Foo Fighters. This one's for you, Shannon and Jerry. Oh 
Broadcast. 